Chris, what's happened to the hot hatch? Is it just me, or there used to be, there was a time, even a few years ago, where there was loads of them flying about, and now Renault seems to have given up on it, the Golf GTI isn't quite what it was. Is it just me? No, sadly, the mainstream manufacturers have given up. You know, they sit there with their budgets and they decide whether they make another EV that no one's going to buy or they, or they spend the money on a hot hatch. And sadly, they have to go for the, for the EV now. So it means there's very few left. And all the players that used to be there, the Volkswagens, the French were there in droves. Oh, yeah. But people weren't buying them. And I think also there's been the emergence of the sort of prestige hatch. And I don't call them hot hatches, you know, the A45s, mm -hmm. the RS3s. These are much more expensive, capable cars. They're not hot hatches. They miss out on the point of hot hatch, which is sort of affordable performance. I'm affordable is a strange word these days. Everything costs 40 grand, doesn't it? It's sad for me because they're my favourite cars. Yeah. They're the cars I learned to be a yobbo in. Yeah. And the fact they've gone or are largely going means that when, a, when one arrives, it deserves real attention. Which is a lovely little segue to one manufacturer and one car in particular that is still banging the hot hatch drum, and it is... Honda with the Civic Type R, which is. is no longer built in Britain, sadly, but what a car. I just, yeah. I loved it. I think the last generation of Civic Type R, whose prices shot up, remember when, when, when they stopped making them in Britain, they become a collector's item, and in yeah. the next six weeks, they went up to 40, 50,000. Because it was 35 grand to begin with. That was the, no one paid that, but that was the entry price, Yeah, and then suddenly there was 60,000 pounds, because mm. people thought they wouldn't happen again. That car's one problem was it looked like it had been starred by a five-year-old. And when this new one was released, and we saw some softer shapes, fewer wings, I think we all thought, the performance that that car had, dressed in some more acceptable bodywork, would be a, just be a recipe that we'd love, and sure enough, what's happened. It's not often that a motoring journalist makes a point and then the next generation, they just deliver what we were saying. More of the same, please, less ugly. Yeah. You touched on the history there with the last generation, but it's been one hell of a bloodline, the Civic Type R, hasn't it? Yeah, H Honda's relationship with the hot hatch is very interesting because they were much later to the party than people think. The EP3 was the, was the first real hot hatch that they made that had that sense of over hot hatchness, you know, crazy badging, big wing seats. It was a statement of I want to be fast. Before that, Honda was really demure. Honda had a car that was faster than most hot hatches, but was badged ordinarily. In fact, without knowing it, they were making the ultimate Q car, because the Civic VTI of the mid-90s mm -hmm. had 150 horsepower and everything else had 120, and it had independent rear suspension. It was, it was the boss, but it looked really low-key. So it's, its hot hatch history probably begins at the beginning of the millennium. Yeah, um, maybe that's why Type R's are so unhinged and over the top and you know you used to have these high revving engines but these days they kind of compensate for this super kind yeah of honda is sort of honda is 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 like a late developing teen student when everyone else was getting hammered age 14 honda was sitting there you know having an orange squash saying why is everyone being such a yobbo yeah, everyone, el everyone else has now given up on the hot hatch so that they've gone from being students and they're drinking espressos and honda's still cracking open the uh the J2Os, whatever it is, getting hammered the whole time. No, that's yeah. a soft drink, isn't J2O's it? Is Sorry, yeah. Smirnoff ice. You need to get out more. Yeah, ho yeah. Ho ho Honda is still going through an elongated adolescence, and thank God they are. They are. So, all right, let's let's talk about some of the tech highlights of this car, because it's similar to the to the old one, with the new body yeah, on. What, a, what are the big changes? They've tweaked the engine a bit, so a little bit more torque, and I think the powertrain really is very similar. The turbo spins faster. It's, it's an evolution. Oh. The chassis, I think, is... It's just so solid. It really works well. And I think they may not 
claim big mechanical differences, but the way the diff works, I'm being proper geeky now. Come on, the way, the, So the way the diff works, on a front-wheel drive car shouldn't come out of a corner well, really. It should struggle, because the, the, the wheels are steering and they're trying to put power down at the same time. Mm -hmm. It's freakish. In a second gear, you open the throttles and it just goes. You yeah. think, how does it do that? And the sensation of it sort of digging in. Yeah, you're right. And, and also, the sensation of being dragged yeah. is different to being pushed. It's got quite a mobile rear end. By yeah. that, I mean, if you come into a corner and, and back off the throttle, if you catch it at the right moment and you're severe enough, you can make the back of the car rotate. The one thing you miss is that sort of VTEC high revving, very close stack ratios, because it, it isn't like that now. You've got second and third are a bit further apart, and I don't know why the car has to do 170 miles an hour. No one needs that in a hot hatch. I'd rather it, they were stacked closer mm -hmm. and you were a bit more frenetic. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing that's really sad about this that, that got to me, and I found myself the day we were filming the car for the TV show, I found myself saying to everyone that was around me, I said, sit in that seat. Tell me that isn't the best seat you've sat in in a car. It is perfection. It's this red Alcantara seat that looks quite ordinary, but you, the moment you sit in it, Fred was there that day, yeah. and I went, I went, Fred sitting there, and, and for a seat to work for me and him shows they've really got it's it right. Squidge in the middle and oh, it's just sides. and Fred just sat in it and he went. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everyone just sits in it and sort of exhales and goes, mmm. It sort of cossets you, but it supports you as well. Yeah. Um, but the dynamics of the car are hot hatchy. And this is, this is the key thing for me. I don't think a hot hatch should have 400 horsepower of four-wheel drive. That's a different type of car. Mm. That's more of an RS4 type car for me. That should be an all-weather family beast that can take apart anything on an A road, B road in all weathers. A hot hatch should be something that you attack a country road. It should be about, you know, B roads, it should be about agility. And also, the competence of the vehicle doesn't, it's not paramount. It's about how it makes you feel. You should be feeling like you're going faster than you are, maybe, yeah, not yeah. the other way around. Maybe that's the key thing. A hot hatch should make you feel like you're going faster than you are. Mm -hmm. uh, an RS3 should make you feel good, make you think, oh, was I going that fast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, I love filming it. It was an absolute hoot. We, it was on a Continental, I'm being a geek now, it was on a Continental tyre when it arrived, and that wasn't quite there. But we put the Michelin. 4S on it, which does reveal a lot for it, many cars. It seems to reveal, I was going to say, yeah. it works on everything. It, it, the thing just switched on. I couldn't believe how good it was. Yeah. It, it's sensational. It just felt, to me, okay, grown up, but it, it felt like a proper hot hatchback, yeah. like a Golf GTI used to feel. I'd say it, it feels like a really fast Mark V Golf GTI. Yeah. That's a great accolade for me. Oh, a Mark V. Mm. Where does it sit in the pantheon of hot hatch greats, then? Oh, God knows. Well, we tried to answer that question in the film. And failed. Uh, it made me realise that you can't it's a bit like batsmen in different eras, bowlers in different eras. You can't really compare them because these cars are based on different types of vehicles. They're based on vehicles that are bigger, safer, heavier. This thing's 1,400 kilograms. Yeah. An AXGT is 740 kilograms. So it's double the weight of those cars. They will never have that sense of naughtiness. You get a 1.9 GTI, even now, and there's a part of you that goes, I'm going to behave like an absolute wally now. Yeah. And it doesn't quite have that. What you need is both then, don't you? You need a new Civic Type R and a Tour of GTI in the garage. There you go. Job done. Thank you for listening to the Top Gear Magazine podcast. Hope you enjoyed that. And don't forget to subscribe, to leave us a review, to leave us a star rating. But also check out what is in the rest of the feed because as well as interviews, we've got our monthly uh, behind the curtain look into the issues that we make. And also there's some new audio tidbits coming. So, like Jet says, subscribe. Subscribe.